meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 28, Being the Perfect Parent. Ooh, I am so ready to talk about this topic because it is something that I used to struggle with and so many of my clients struggle with because we all think that there's a definition out there of a perfect parent. So you have it in your mind already. You have a manual and an agenda and a playbook for what a perfect parent looks like. And when you think about that playbook, where did those definitions come from? I just want you to investigate it. Because where did it come from? It came from your thoughts. It all comes from our imagination. There's no manual. There's no book. There's no one out there to be a perfect parent. Yet we all have a playbook of what a perfect parent looks like because we're all striving to be a perfect parent. Perfectionism is something that I used to struggle with to a point of exhaustion. I wanted to be the perfect friend, the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect counselor, the perfect teacher, the perfect coach. I wanted it so badly and I was exhausted trying to get it. I read the book by Brene Brown, Gifts of Imperfection. And I will tell you that that book was one of the best books I've ever read because I realized what perfectionism was. Perfectionism was a way for me to hide. It was a way for me to be more critical of myself. It was a way for me to procrastinate. It was such a dangerous state of mind, but I didn't even know that I was even trying to be perfect. I was always asking my friend Julie, is anyone talking about me? Is anyone upset with me? I was trying to please all the people because I wanted to be perfect. She's like, why do you want to hear that? I'm like, because I just want to know. I just want to be perfect. I don't want anybody upset with me. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I was so obsessed with external validation through my friends and coworkers and students that I was always asking. And I was asking, the reason why I was asking Julie that is because I was actually saying, Julie, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I valuable? What are the other people thinking? Are they thinking that I am? I know you think I am, Julie, but what about the other people? What about all the other people of the universe? What do they think about me? I was so afraid of being found out, like the mask was going to be lifted, that they were going to find out Kelly isn't perfect. She doesn't have a perfect marriage. She doesn't have the perfect children. She doesn't have the perfect relationship with herself. And I was so scared of it. So I was constantly surveying the crowd. And I was asking for their opinion of me over and over and over because I was so concerned about what they thought and I wasn't focused on what I thought. And I didn't realize how much fear and shame was hiding underneath perfectionism. You know, have you ever seen that iceberg of anger and underneath anger, all that's underneath the water? When you put perfectionism on the iceberg, underneath all of that is fear 
and shame and not good enoughness all hiding underneath. I love when Brene Brown says, when perfectionism is driving, shame is riding shotgun and fear is that annoying backseat driver. That's exactly what I lived for so long. And after reading that book, I can't say that it's cured me, but it definitely put it in the trunk. It's definitely my driving force now is love and abundance and shotgun and love and abundance and openness and vulnerability is always in the driver's seat. And when it's not, I'm constantly putting vulnerability in the driver's seat over and over and over. Because I was so afraid of being judged. I was so afraid of being shamed or blamed from someone or something outside of me. So if I knew if I put perfectionism in the driver's seat, then none of that could happen. And after reading that book, she said in the quote, she said in the book, I quote, perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and I do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. O-M-G. If that's what I wasn't doing, I don't know what I was doing. And this definitely came out in my mothering. I wanted to have the perfect children. I wanted to be the perfect parent because I was so afraid of messing it up. So I was parenting from that fear-based place, and that's where I was messing it up. And that's why I love teaching parents, if they want to be the perfect mom, the best way to be the perfect mom. You ready for this? This is how you know you're the perfect mom. When you know that your love is perfect for them, and when you know that you have the exact soul chosen perfectly for you, and you have chosen the perfect soul for you, when you know that that union is perfect, then everything else is B minus. So the way to become a perfect parent is to know that the union and the love is perfect. And then you let go of everything else. Because when you're trying to be the perfect parent, you put so much pressure on yourself. And when it doesn't follow the manual, doesn't follow the playbook, doesn't follow the agenda, you feel like something's wrong. And that's why in two episodes ago, I talked about the playbook and shredding the playbook and accepting the as is of every single moment. Because when you accept the as is of every single moment, then every moment feels perfect even the messy moments. That, my friend, is how to become a perfect parent, is to know that the union is perfect, the love is perfect, and the as is is perfect. Oh my goodness. When you get this at your core, when you know this in your heart, when you feel this to your bones, then everything else is B minus. Everybody else's opinions, that falls in the B minus work. I don't care about other people's opinions only because I know that that's their opinion of themselves being projected onto me. So if you think good positive thoughts about me, then that just means that's laying dormant within you and you feel that way about yourself and it might be laying dormant, but I'm just shining a light on that to expose that goodness and that ooey gooey goodness about yourself. So you know that you're more than good enough, that you are the perfect parent, that you have the perfect union hand-selected by God, by the universe, by the stork, whatever you believe, it's already been chosen perfectly. Then you can show up to every moment with no playbook and no agenda and no manual. And you're going into every single moment 
accepting the as is of every single moment. When we were trying to get pregnant, I would come home crying from Costco and I would see pregnant people and I'd come home and I'd say, David, it's just not happening. I can't believe this is so unfair. And I was so victimized by the whole infertility journey. And I would see pregnant people and I was so jealous because I wanted that so badly. And he would come home and I mean, I would come home and I'd be so upset. And he'd say, Kelly, it is what it is. We all have our cross to bear. He wasn't saying the Tony Robbins quote, but he was saying it indirectly. This is all happening for us. It's not happening to us, Kelly. Don't come from a victim point of view, Kelly. This is all going to make sense later. It might be 40 years from now. It might be four months. It might be four days. It might not ever make sense. But we have to believe in something bigger and greater and more powerful than us so we can see that every moment is perfect. The laundry is perfect. The child you have is perfect. The spouse you have is perfect. They are your perfect teacher. So to become the perfect parent, you have to know that the as is is perfect. And then you can let go of everything else. B minus all day long, baby. Because if I wanted this podcast to be perfect, it wouldn't exist. So I have to go in with the B minus mentality that I might flub. I might slip up. I may say a word wrong. I may say an incorrect stat, but that's okay. I might repeat a story, but that's okay because it's happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen because that exact listener needs to hear that message, maybe said the same story twice. So it will shock her into change, into growth. Another quote that Brene said in this book, I can't say enough about this book. This book helped me as much with my perfectionism as the conscious parent helped me with parenting and learning how to detach and knowing what even the ego was. Like I've always said, I always thought the ego was this like huge, I feel so good. I'm too good for everybody else. I knew that wasn't the case. I was feeling the exact opposite. I was feeling not good enough. I was not, I was feeling not worthy. I was feeling shameful and guilty all the time. And that was in the driver's seat. Then I read this book and I'm like, oh, she says, perfectionism is a 20 ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact, it's the thing that really is preventing us from taking flight. Oh, if that's not the truth, I don't know what is. Mike dropped Brene Brown. It was a shield I was covering because I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to be shamed. I don't want to be found out that all my imperfections were there. Now I just go into every relationship with every imperfection. And if I hear someone say something about me and it brings up an emotion within me, I'm like, oh, they're probably right. If my kids say something or David says something who knows me inside and out, I'm like, yeah, you're probably right about that. Maybe not all of it, but there's some truth in that. And you just agree with all of it. You don't have to be perfect. And so sometimes people think the opposite of perfectionism is just laying on the couch eating bonbons and just being happy with status quo, be happy with yelling and screaming at your kids, be happy with the messy house, be happy with disorganization, be happy with chaos, be happy with a disconnected marriage. That's not what I'm saying at all. The opposite of perfectionism is not coasting. Not the opposite of perfection, but something that you can think and substitute for perfectionism is what she calls healthy striving. Oh, That's like that monkey vine, loving the monkey vine you're on now while you're swinging through the jungle while striving for the next, loving where you are, loving all the imperfections, loving all the perfect moments, loving all the as is while striving for the next. She says, understanding the difference between healthy striving and perfectionism is critical to laying down the shield and picking up your life. Research shows that perfectionism hampers success. In fact, It's often the path to depression 
anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. Are you kidding me? Whoa. So you can be healthy striving to be an awesome mom while also believing that you're an awesome mom now. And if someone outside of you says something, does something, makes an off-colored comment, you can agree with all of it because you're not trying to be perfect. Because what's perfect is the union. What's perfect is your love. I remember when I was planning Lily's first birthday party. I was spending so much money on the birthday party because I was using something outside of myself to try to measure and quantify my love for her. So if I knew that if I could just decorate and get the gifts and do all the things, and I just felt so empty because it was paling in comparison. I remember her birthday was in April and I was planning it in November and December to offset some of the costs and all the little touches and all the little favors and all the balloons and all the things. And I remember unconsciously trying to level up the same thing. It wasn't what other people thought. It was that my heart was exploding. Oh my goodness, her first birthday. I was putting so much pressure on myself to have a perfect first birthday party. She can't cry. Has to be perfect, 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 perfect. Because what I was really trying to do, it was I was really trying to match what I was doing for the birthday party with how perfect my love was for her. When I was coming up short all the time, I felt so imperfect. I felt it was an awful birthday party because it didn't level up. And when she cried when we all sang her happy birthday, it didn't match my agenda. It didn't match my playbook. It wasn't perfect. And so I was always disappointed and I was always feeling shame and I was always feeling guilt and I was always feeling self-loathing because I wasn't the perfect mom. I remember when I forgot snack for soccer when she was like four years old. Everybody came running over to the sidelines. And it was like November 2nd. I will never forget it. She was like four years old. And David turns to me and I'm the one that usually gets snack. And if I can't get snack, I usually give him a heads up like, hey, can you pick up snack? He has no problem doing it. But I'm usually the project manager on snack. So the whole team is running over to me, running over to the sidelines. And they say, snack, snack, snack. And then he turns to me. He goes, when do we have snack? I'm like, oh, not till November. And he said, it is November. And it was like, a lightning bolt of fear and shame and guilt all came over me. I was like, oh my gosh. Because you know, like when your brain doesn't really change to the new month yet, when it's the beginning of the month, Lily was born on April 4th. I'm like, oh, I'm not delivering till next month. Oh, it's a long ways away. And then all of a sudden, it's like March 31st. I'm like, oh, it's not for a long time away. All of a sudden it became April 1st. I'm like, whoa, this is getting real now. It was all because of my thinking. Or when you see the date of something coming up on the milk, you're like, whoa, this is super close now. I can't believe how close this is. It's on the milk. It's the expiration date on the milk. So I remember them all running over, snack, snack, snack. And then David telling me as they're running over. And then I said, I'm sorry, I forgot snack. And everyone's like, oh, they were pretty much putting a spotlight on how much of imperfections that I was. They were shining the light on how imperfect I was. I said, I'm so sorry. I'll bring it to practice on Monday. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Lily looked at me and she dropped her shoulders and she started bawling. I can't believe you forgot snack. I can't believe it. And she's bawling. And in that moment, I was very unconscious. I just said to myself, I'm like, yep, you were right. You were right. Can't do this job perfectly. So if you can't do it perfectly, why do it at all? And so that's why I'm begging parents to take the pressure off themselves to not be the perfect parent, to know that the union and love is perfect and the as is is perfect, 
But everything else, forgetting the snack, forgetting the permission slip, signing up for PTA, not signing up for PTA, being the room mom, not being the room mom, being a working mom, not being a working mom, being a stay-at-home mom, breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, diapers, cloth diaperings, all of that is B minus. All of it can be imperfect. And when you lean into that imperfections and you're healthy striving and you live in grace and compassion and empathy and you know that you're doing your best and forgetting the rest, then life gets super fun because you know that the love and union is perfect and then everything else, just be minus. It is what it is, what it is, what it is all day, every day. That's what David said to me during all the infertility years. It is what it is, Kelly. He even got a shirt that says it is what it is. Because what he was saying is the as is of our infertility, even though it's many years of this, it's all happening for us. That's what he was saying, but he didn't even know he was saying it. And it helped me so much knowing that we all have our cross to bear. When you know that you have the exact child you're supposed to have, you don't show up of this is too hard. I'm the victim. Poor me. I'm a martyr. My child's the villain. You show up of like, I got this. Our love is perfect. And all the other stuff, it's messy and perfect, but it's all happening for us because we're all healthy striving. And you take off that shield and you run into vulnerability. You learn to feel your feelings. You learn that shame and guilt is just a byproduct of perfectionism. And she says, when we experience shame, we feel disconnected and desperate for worthiness. Full of shame or full of fear and shame, we are more likely to engage in self-destructive behaviors and to attack or shame others. In fact, shame is related to violence, aggression, depression, addiction, eating disorders, and bullying. Are you kidding me? And this isn't Brene Brown just sitting on her porch writing a book. Brene Brown is legit, yo. Her TED Talk went viral for a reason. The power of vulnerability? Super, super powerful. She was the most vulnerable she's ever been. She woke up with a vulnerability hangover the next day. And then she she was like, oh man, I'm glad that, that that's over. That wasn't any fun. 12 million views later. That's what she needed to do for us. She needed to show up and be vulnerable. So 12 million people could be impacted by her vulnerability. And it's the ripple effect of throwing the rock in the lake. And the ripple effect is staggering. And this isn't her just sitting on the porch writing a book. She's a research professor. This is all research and studies after studies. She has her PH freaking D. She is legit. Oprah had her on her show like 12 million times for a reason. So I am just passing on this baton of imperfection to you because people tell me all the time, Kelly, your kids seem perfect. Your husband seems perfect. Your life seems perfect. And you know what it is? You know what feels perfect is accepting the as is of our every single day. That is perfect. Everything else, very imperfect and very okay being imperfect. I don't think I'll ever forget the snack again because that was so stressful and traumatic in my consciousness that I have 17 reminders when I'm in charge of snack. And I have my dad set up a reminder. I even remind Lily. I don't think it's going to be snack I forget, but there's going to be another time where I pick up Lily at the wrong place or at the wrong time, or I forget the permission slip, or I sign up for this, or I don't sign up for this, and I disappoint another parent, or dis- I disappoint my kids. I'm going to disappoint my kids, and that's okay. They're going to disappoint me too, and that's okay. I'm going to disappoint David, and that's okay. He's going to disappoint me, and that's okay, because guess what? Love and vulnerability are always 
riding shotgun and in the driver's seat. I don't want a perfect husband. I don't want the perfect kids. I don't want to be the perfect mom. I know that my love and our union is perfect and everything else is B minus baby. It's all gravy. It's all happening for us and never to us. So no matter what happens with my kids, what they do or don't do, I'm just along for all of it because I'm going to have love and vulnerability and shotgun. So I'm not parenting from that fear-based place of what if they're homeless? What if they flunk out? What if they start vaping? What if they do pot? What if they become addicted to alcohol? What if they become addicted to drugs? As is all day. But why not enjoy that that's not happening right now? Why do I want to borrow worry about something that hasn't even happened? Because what our brain does is it says, what if they become homeless? What if they drop out? That would hurt so much. So let me injure myself in advance on purpose to protect ourselves in case that does happen. What is going on? I see so many people not start their weight loss journey because they're so afraid it's not going to work. So they'd rather inflict the own pain of living uncomfortable in their own skin to prevent them from the fact of being disappointed that it might not happen. So they're going to disappoint themselves on purpose to make sure it doesn't happen so they don't have to set themselves up for failure. What is going on? I see it happening day in and day out with parenting, with marriage, with houses, with their weight. And I just know that it's the brain's doing its job. I do not have an ounce of judgment. I just know that it's brain doing what the brain does. And so I'm trying to be the shock paddles to wake people up to say, you don't have to believe everything you think. You don't have to live in a body that you're uncomfortable with. You do not have to live with children and have to yell at them to get them to comply. You do not have to live with your spouse who feels 15 miles away when he's sitting on the couch next to you. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live in a house that creates stress and anxiety and chaos in your own heart because it's a mess. You don't have to. It's always a choice. So I'm giving you the raffia and I'm saying take control of the raffia. Do not get stuck in emotional childhood where we're blaming the spouse, the children, the house, the time, something outside of us, because in that we have no empowerment. So if you're a control freak, you're going to love this work because it's super empowering. And you can take that all that controlling energy that you were trying to control with the C line and put it all in the T line. And that's when life gets super fun. And you're not living from a perfectionist place. You're living from a healthy, striving place. And you don't need perfect kids. And you don't need a perfect spouse because you know that the as is is perfect. You know that the union is perfect. You know that your love is perfect. And everything after that is B minus. Whether you sign up for the thing or don't sign up for the thing, whether you bring the cookies to the bake sale or you don't bring the cookies to the bake sale, whether your mother-in-law likes you or doesn't like you, it's all B minus. None of it defines you and your worthiness, your value, because you already have the perfect union. You already have the perfect love. And then everything else after that, you take the pressure off yourself to be perfect. And then you take the pressure off your kids to be perfect. So I know that this is helping you take the pressure off yourself because when you're working and living from that perfect, pressured, high intensity place, that's when you're quick to snap. That's when you're quick to judge. That's when you're quick to shame and blame others only because you're doing it to yourself. And once you can think about your thinking and be aware of what's going on, then you can make the changes. But if you're just sleepwalking through life like I was, and you're just living unconsciously and believing everything that you think, then change never happens. 
So I am trying to be the paddles to wake you up. Your children are the paddles to wake you up. Your house is the paddles to wake you up. Your spouse is the paddles to wake you up. Your coworker is, your boss, whatever it is, that is your teacher there to wake you up. And know that everything's happening for you and not to you. And you are in charge of all of it in the most empowering and beautiful way ever. I love you and you are the perfect parent for that child because you were perfectly chosen. Your union and your love is perfect. And the as is, is perfect. After that, there is no playbook. There is no agenda. There is no manual. And then you can lead with love and vulnerability and not with shame and blame and guilt and perfectionism. I love you guys so much. And I hope this helped. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.